0: Welcome to Pocha So What. I am Lenny. And Maggie. This is episode number four of season one. We left off in a bit of a cliffhanger in the last episode. Chan, 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 chan. We dived into our experiences of growing up undocumented in the U.S., ending it off cuando Maggie and I took our first steps of crossing la frontera, pero esta vez podríamos decir al revés. Join us as we take a look back to 11 and 12 years ago, cuando las pochas regresamos a México
1: and we also shared a lot about the u.s context in terms of what was happening with obama and the economic crisis and all of that but we also want to share about mexico this time so like in mexico when we came back in 2008 in my case and Lenny in 2009 there was felipe calderona's a president in mexico and there was the war on drugs uno de los momentos con mucha violencia en, en mexico but um, in en aquel entonces específicamente pues escuchaba más los feminicidios escuchaba más uh, new cartels coming up como los zetas and all that stuff and in our case like Lenny and I didn't arrive to Mexico City or to a big city como we arrived to small towns ranchos pueblos and I think it's interesting how we experience coming back to Mexico justo in este momento um, which in my case, mucho me decían, like, you can't go out past 6 p.m. Or no puedes salir ya. Or ten cuidado because of the camionetas que están pasando. como And all of that was kind of just, like, scary. And I was even regretting more the the decision of, of coming to Mexico. So
0: I think before we came back, that was one of my biggest fears. Um, I would see, like, Univision and Primer Impacto, no? And they would be reporting on what was going on in Mexico. Y pues se veía como las mismas escenas que veía de la guerra, ¿no? En Afghanistan, and Iraq, and stuff like that. And como dices, it is a reality. And we are going to be touching into these subjects because this is the reality we came to. But we also want to say Mexico is, is a lot more, ¿no? And we learned that as well. Um, but when we came back, that was the reality that was living in Mexico. Que all the país de México está viviendo, and something to remark as well is that this war on drugs, the people, the cartels that were being able to get the weapons to fight were coming and originating from the U.S. and the drugs, the main, the main country that was receiving these drugs and and the demand for it was actually the U.S. as well. So that's kind of something to think about when we talk about our relationships between the U.S. and México y cómo afecta a nuestra población local aquí en México.
1: Yeah, yeah, and especially like you, pues regresaste a Veracruz.
0: Yeah, so I came back to eh, un estado en donde los setas, como dices, no were like even originarios ahí, ¿no? En donde a mi familia en particular, we would have un halcon afuera de la casa sentarse en el bench and just like observe us. Um, my mom started to get phone calls, they... They were trying to extortionarla, and they were telling her, like, we know where your kids are going to school. Um, I think she actually did uh, give a certain amount at one point. Um, And we would sometimes hear, like, motorcycles pass around the house at night. Um, Pero that was one of the reasons that we we left that space. And, of course, like, life continued, ¿no? Pero it was a reality when we came back. I kind of felt in the shadows, ironically enough coming back here and like telling your mom telling you it's like you're kind of telling me this here in my birth country and that was the feeling I had at the end in the U.S., no? Of this being in the shadow.
1: Yeah, I think that's a reality that a lot of parents tell their kids or uh, I've heard it a lot, como si, sí, que no hablen inglés o que no hablen para que no se escuche su acento pocho or whatever um, por miedo a, a como secuestrados personas they have money mm-hmm. or etc. But yeah, it's like hiding who you are. And, and again, como going back into the shadows, como decías. So, so I came back in 2008, specifically on June twenty eighth, 2008. And it was a 32 hour drive because I came on a van it was like a white van with like seven men and one elder lady and me, and we crossed the, the the Georgia hasta la frontera. We got to the border. I pues como I was about to like not cross and just go back to Georgia, but I think como mi orgullo ahí fue como pues I'm here. Like I just gotta stick to it and do it, and I ended up pues ya cruzando to Mexico and. And there was this feeling of, like, yeah, once you cross, it's like there's nothing you can do. Like, no hay vuelta atrás. It feels like someone died, and there's nothing you can do to bring that person again. Um, and then I don't remember anything about, like, the, pro- the the journey between La Frontera and arriving to San Luis Potosí. I only remember when they dropped me off at the gas station at 3 in the morning. I don't know why at this <laughs> como, I f- I think we got here faster than we had thought or even the driver had thought that nobody was waiting for me. I think my grandpa or my aunt were going to wait for me the following morning. But since it's llegamos at three in the morning, pues, they dropped me off there because they were going to Guanajuato. So it, it wasn't like they were stopping there. Um, and somehow I made it to my grandparents' house on like the tip, tip, tip of a huge mountain. Um, y ya como I just remember, like, going, pues yeah, como everybody said hi, and we all went to bed. And the following morning, I remember waking up, and, like, I was just, like, opening my eyes, like, trying to understand where I was. Like, the room was, like, blue, and, like, I had no idea where I was. Como desubicada, ¿no? Um, and I didn't want to even leave the room because I was going to have to talk to people and to strangers. <laughs> and, like, como que escuchaba ruidos, but I wanted to just stay inside the room. Y pues ya fue como, like, going outside and, like, it was very different, ¿no? Pues un, un rancho. So, like, no toilet, no shower, no running hot water. Este, creo que esa semana la bomba del agua del rancho como wasn't working. So, we had to go wash in un river que estaba como a few minutes um, from the house. En una piedra. And it was like, wait. Where did I come? Like, why did I leave the U.S.? Like, it felt like I was going back in time. Yeah, and it didn't feel like I was moving forward in a way. No, so those were my first hours in in my grandparents' house. My grandma had passed away already, so it was just my grandpa and una tia, bueno dos tias, and um, and it was just that. Come on, um, I was then I was like the novedad of the rancho, like. Si salíamos, la it was like that was it that was like the news <laughs> the trendy news the local yeah
0: the local news um so in my case i think first i'm going to start off when we left uh so we left bradens florida in my hometown um and we came back as a family so we came back like in our family car but we also had uh, one of my mom's friends, and another of her friends that were in another camioneta, that we were going to basically be um, accompanying us in the viaje, no? And we had a trailer, um, like I shared last, in the last episode, my dad had a landscaping company, so he had his trailer. And it was so full that when we were going onto the highway, like it started to just like shuffle around, like to sway. So like, no podía balancearse, no? And it was a working day, it fue un día entre semana, and I remember that my parents called up my uncle, nobody was at, at his house, but we basically went back into Bradenton, so first you already feel like you're leaving, mm-hmm. and then you go back, and there was this little inkling of hope, like, okay, maybe the car will break down and we'll just stay, no? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that we had to take a bunch of stuff out of the trailer and I left... One of the biggest regrets I have is leaving my box of books, mm-hmm. and we basically left it in their front yard because everybody was working at that hour, and my parents called up, like, friends from the church and things like that and just told them, like, hey, we left our stuff in the front yard that Tio Rudy, like, go pick it up if you want, Look at le sirvan. Like, it was just... That. I think that was a really painful moment to mm-hmm. see, no? Um, and so we took, a dr- like, a road trip. Um, it was... A family of six, and we had a puppy. I was supposed to take my, my kitten, my cat. I had even sold chocolate bars um, to get, like, all his shots and, like, casi, casi como su pasaporte. But unfortunately, um, he, he left um, the day before. He kind of got scared, I think, of all the shuffling, the new puppy that had been brought over, um, that he didn't come back in time for, for mm-hmm. us to be able to bring him to Mexico. Fortunately then my aunt went and, and found him and, and she took care of him. but um, I think I arrived to Mexico before arriving to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So llegamos a Texas and donde mi papá estaba haciendo el proceso to um, register the car so it could cross over to the, to Mexico, it already looked like Mexico. Yes. Like, I didn't know if we had already crossed or not because I would even see, like, signs and Spanish and things like that. Que era tan ciudad fronteriza, ¿no? And I had never, ever experienced that, like, coming from the south, ¿no? And so my dad crossed over with my brothers, um, with the car first and some stuff. And then it was my sister, my mom, and I, once again, ¿No? going back in that journey together over with one of the friends that were coming along and I remember a border um agent que se acercó y nos dijo que where we were going and well at that time I I and I still do feel more comfortable in English que I told him was pues we're going back to Mexico and he even told us like there had been a shootout the day before um and he actually told us, like, don't go over to Mexico. And it's like my mom's biggest fear had been la migra. Y tener allí, alguien de la migra decirte como no a México. I told my mom, like, is this not enough sign, like, de Dios to not cross over? And she was like, your dad already crossed over. Como dices, no, like, you have that feeling of you can't do anything anymore because... You know, like, your dad can't cross over anymore. Your siblings can, in my case. But my dad had already crossed. Like, we had already... It was real, ¿no? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the first memories were of other families that were in that cross between customs and México, México. La luz verde, ¿no? Que te deja entrar o la roja para revisarte. And, como dices, I remember que me dieron un... Nos dieron un pamphlet que decía, Bienvenido paisano que habían bastante familias como nosotras que yo decía they look like our family because they also had trailers um, on the side of the road like on this ditch and it looked like a flea market because they would make us take out all of our stuff and se pasaban los agentes como viendo qué querían ¿no? y pidiendo mordidas en dólares and I remember we arrived and actually on Halloween um day to la frontera and they were amenazando que si no les pagábamos íbamos a quedarnos en la frontera eh, hasta después del 2 de noviembre because iba a venir día de los muertos and mm-hmm. well you don't feel safe in la ciudad fronteriza because people can identify who's just coming back no mm-hmm. and usually it's a lot of asaltos y todo eso no um, But those were like my first hours in Mexico and then when we truly arrived to Acayucan, That's a whole other story that we can dive into. What was going on through my head is just that I, I, I,
1: I, that feeling of not knowing if I would ever be able to go home. Yeah, yeah. I think the same thing in my case. Como it was basically, yeah. Como the unknown, like not knowing where, who, like what was gonna happen. Como and especially I think me que con ese feeling of like, like it happened. Like yeah. Como I can't do anything. Like. I either have to do it or I have to do it. Como yeah. no había de otra. Emotional flashbacks right now because,
0: así como the unknown, my parents um, and the feelings that they were trying to transmit a, noto- a nosotras eh, fue como the hope. Eh, because they were bringing like machinery to start un cyber cafe that they heard that was very popular in Mexico. Um, they had. Uh, sat down with an architecto in Estados Unidos to draw up how the house was going to look here. So it was more like aquí al fin van a tener su casa grande, no, su alberca. We're going to like kind of settle down and kind of retire, have un negocito, and and kind of come and rest. Okay, of course, further on, you guys will get to know more of our stories and how our journeys um are not so, what you plan doesn't go so much accordingly
1: yeah yeah like my biggest plan like the purpose was to get into college Como that's the reason why i made the decision quote-unquote make the decision um to come back to mexico because i wanted to get right into college and that didn't happen it ended up taking five years which later you'll know why as well mm-hmm. um but también like i it was just like a very sad experience because in my case because i had to go through it by myself and it was like now that you're going to see the beautiful um, art that oh, Andrea worked on but Andrea. literally <sighs> yes Andrea como like you capture I don't know how you managed to capture everything but but I I just basically narrated how I got in a van and it was a white van que le cabían como 8 or 10 people so it was a long van and I was literally go- looking out the window just trying to remember everything about Dalton But when I saw it, like, on the art, como, when I saw myself from, like, the outside and just saw it, it was, like, it literally looks like those vans where ice picks up people. And, obviously, a deportation and a detention is something very different than what I experienced. But, but I truly was, like, heartbroken, just, like, looking out the window, like, I don't want to do it, como. And it was just me, so I didn't have anybody to, like, pretend like I'm happy, yeah. or the dog, or the kid crying, como like, <laughs> or your mom over there asking you if you want to eat. Como it was just, like, me with my thoughts, just for the 32-hour journey, y, y llegar a la frontera, and just be like, okay, ya lo hice, now somehow I need to make it happen, whatever I'm meant to do in this country. But yeah, and that's, that's kind of like the first hours, and... And yeah,
0: that's very true, and and that's where like you came back as an adult, we could say, no, adulting, whatever that means, and and like in my case, I came back as a teenager
1: still, as a sixteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so who were the first people you saw when you arrived to Akayuka?
0: So I arrived. It was at night. It was rainy, and I remember that my first step was full. Uh, it filled my shoes of. Este lodo como rojo de barro. And the first person I saw was my grandma. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was scared. I didn't know who she was. Um, There were some primos that were like kind of like waiting for us. Así como dices, no como esperándonos. But I didn't feel comfortable and I didn't know who they were. All we wanted to do was go into the room and like, encerrarnos. And I remember my grandma had like a king size bed and that's where the four, like my myself included four siblings, um, we would like stuff ourselves in the bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a lot of DVDs and I remember we, we kept on playing on replay Rush Hour mm-hmm. and Jackie Chan movies with like my laptop. Um, But those were, like, the first people we met. Then I met my primo, Totis, Lochi, who he is actually el primo con más cercanía que tengo en México. And and he's, like, my same age. We actually, like, went to the same high school. Like, la misma prepa, todo eso. And he's somebody that I I love and care for. Um, And he was the person that made me feel the most comfortable in that moment. Pero todas se me hacían,
1: like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's part of it, ¿no? Como llegar. And, and, and I mean, because in our case, we didn't have those relationships before. Como we didn't talk on the phone with them. We hadn't had, like, any
0: interaction. Any
1: interaction, exactly. So it just felt like coming with strangers, no?
0: Question, actually. So your parents are, like, from the same region, no? Mm-hmm. So, like, your family was, like, how, how was it, like, meeting your mom and your dad's family? Because in my case, I first met my moms, but then we went to Chiapas, oh. and that was, like, another first time in Mexico and another first encounter with family.
1: Yeah, so actually I arrived to my parents' side of the family. Mm-hmm. So my abuelo y su hija, mi tía, y otra tía who has like special needs, que pues siempre cuidan ahí, and two cousins, hijas de, de mi tía. And I just arrived with them, like my, the side of my mom's family, I met them until like como six months later when I moved to San Luis Potosí, mm. because all her family is in San Luis Potosí, which is like an hour from the rancho. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she had like some uncles y como familias, but I didn't really go yeah. with them. Sino más bien cuando me mudé a San Luis Potosí six months later when I was like, I need to work, I need to go to school, like, that's my goal, so, like, I need to start doing something. And I moved to San Luis, and I actually moved to the house de una de las hermanas de my mom, um, which, I mean, I think it was really scary and sad to be in that house because, it, I mean, it's in in a colonia that, um, pues pasan muchas cosas, no? In that colonia, it's not, like, the safest place, um, and it's targeted for, like, crime and violence and all that stuff y ellos pues vivían mucha gente so i was like i'm not comfortable here i would have like nightmares like como escuchaba gente que entraba y salía mm-hmm. como a las tres de la mañana and um so i really didn't talk too much to them and they kind of like felt like i was um showing off yeah. o presumida o me querían dar de comer like cosas que i wasn't used to eating and i mean Obviously, that was me at 18, right? Like, right now I'm 30. So, like, si alguien me ofrece de comer, I eat it. Like, I, it's been 12 years later, no? But as an 18-year-old teenager, pues, yeah. I was like, no, gracias, no, gracias. And they would be like, ay, pues, no quieres integrarte a la familia o, este, gringa o, or, or they would tell my mom, como tu hija, este, me rechaza la comida, or things like that. So, yeah, como a couple months later. We, um I moved into a house by myself. Yeah, fue donde como que okay now at eighteen, casi todavía no cumplía los nineteen, and I was already living by myself in a house. No, and like for the first time being in charge of paying the light bill, the rent. I didn't know what uh aljibar was. So like in Mexico to get water, there's a hole in the, like I'm like, learning this right now. <laughs> there's like a hole in the ground in the front este y es como un pozo que hacen y de ahí es donde está saliendo el agua mm. and you need like a bomba eléctrica yeah. to subir el agua to the techo to the roof of the house so that al the water pinacle, al which pinaco, is
0: something else we discovered in mexico
1: al tinaco and the water has to salir hacia abajo y ya sale por el boiler if you have a boiler a heater y ya sale al shower o a la cocina but in order to get that bomba thing, to get the water, you would have to purgarlo, which I didn't know what that was. Like, apparently you have to blow on the manguera. Yeah, yeah I've seen Para that. que el agua suba, but it's, like, I didn't know all of that. So, like, my vecino literally had to be, like, help me. Um, so it was just, like, trying to be an adult at the age of 18, and which is fine. I mean, I went through it, and I survived, but... But all to, the, all to say, because I wasn't comfortable with, with my family. La del rancho, pues, I couldn't. It wasn't sustainable to live in the rancho. And then the city, I just didn't have any connections with, or my grandpa either, the, on my mom's side. Yeah. Como. So it was better to just be on my own.
0: I think we share that. Like, in general, um, como dices, we didn't have that family relationship This Estados Unidos. Um, that I know many of our community members do, no? or, mm-hmm. or like llaman a su familia o recuerdan, no? and I guess it was just within our own family dynamics that that didn't happen. no. Mm-hmm. When I arrived at Chiapas, it was totally different, and I think it was because we were really, we were going through depression. We didn't want to leave the house. Um, we had expected to come back to Mexico. Basically, um, my parents had un ahorro aquí, they found out that there was no money in their bank account, so all the business plans, like, went out the window. Like, the building of the house went out the window, ¿no? And we were at my grandma's house, and, she, like, it wasn't a good environment either, como dices, ¿no? Um, and my parents, like, took a last-minute decision, como, at that time as well, we had been denied going uh, education. Because even though we had gone to the Mexican consulate before coming here and revalidated our school documents, cuando nos fuimos a acercar a las escuelas nos que no sabían qué hacer con nosotras. Eh, like, that they didn't know what these papers were, even though it was expedited by their own government, that we were basically going to have to start over. And my, my mom had to navigate, like you did yourself know, mm-hmm. like the revalidation system. Um, but during that time, and because of that, my parents were like, okay, we're going to go to mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: We're going to go to Champas and I think they were even thinking, like, if, if our kids like it, like, maybe even go over there, no and stay. Um, I, I fell in love with Chiapas a lot, mm-hmm. so I hadn't been there since I was one year, one years old. And uh, one of the things I've shared with Maggie is that I always hated my thighs, in Estados Unidos, because like the '90s, like it was more like the the low-rise, like uh, jeans, and era más como un cuerpo más plano. And uh, now people embrace their curves and like thick and whatever, no. But back in the day, like that wasn't that cool, no. So I always hated my hips, and when I arrived to Chiapas, I. Saw women that looked like me, like in this, and like that had even thicker hips than I did, and I would always be told like que sonría, 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 sonrió mucho. Mm-hmm. Everybody was super friendly, and like everybody was like my brownness, and like it was just it was so weird to arrive to a place where I had no memory of, and I saw myself within them. Even though they were strangers, and even though they felt like strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually arrived, um, it was during like January time. My sister's quince uh, was coming up. Mm-hmm. They killed a cow, no nada más por nuestra llegada, sí. Bueno, fue por nuestra llegada, That then kind of led to una celebración en el pueblo para la nieta del abuelo santo, para la familia que llegó mm-hmm. de Estados Unidos del, del abuelo santo, que es como eh, nosotros somos parte de un ejido. So he was, like, one of the founding families of the town. Um, Mataron una vaca, guajolote, eh, duck, chicken, like, un cochino, like, no se diga, ¿no? And literally, like, la fiesta estaba hasta la calle. And that was very different to when we arrived to to Acayucan. And I don't know how it would have been different if we would have arrived to Chiapas versus Acayucan, ¿no? Que uh, Chiapas has always been more, like, a time to go on vacation, no? I have never lived there. Um, have never spent more than a certain amount of time with, with that side of the family, no? Um, but for us, it was at least como starting to see the other side of Mexico que no era tan violento because that's what we were living in Veracruz, in Acayucan, and to see more rancho, rancho, en donde no había crimen, se puede decir, no? Todos, pues todos se conocían. Like, you were going to la calle and... La de la tortillería, como dices, no me decía, ¡Ay, tú eres la, la hija del abuelo santo! Mm-hmm. Le dije que te ibas a casar con mi, con mi hijo, like, literal. Yeah. I didn't know I was comprometida already, ¿no?
1: That's why you ha- there were the pig and the cow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was very different arriving to Acayucan, this violent, fat city, to Chiapas, which it was like, la gente se levantaba, la ordeña a las 4 de la mañana. Ya para mediodía ya habían terminado de trabajar. Estaban en sus bicis con el burrito. Like it was just a whole other vibe. And and that leads Mexico is so diverse.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This es is muy similar al rancho. Como yeah. yeah, the hours went by so slow. Ah, como. Te ponías en la maca. Like yeah, literally. Um, Pero sí, como, it was, it was, it was, it, it's very different, definitely, como, regresar a un lugar que no es urbano, como, it is a whole other experience that many people don't know, because they arrive straight to the cities, um, so, yeah, como, you tapped into revalidation, I mean, definitely, como les dije, it took me five years to revalidate my high school education, so I didn't get into college right away, those five years were basically just, like, in depression. Como, why did I come to Mexico si no pude entrar a la escuela? That was my, like, that was the whole purpose of it. Like, I failed. I felt a lot of people. I felt myself. I, like, totally loser. Y después, pues, since I couldn't revalidate, because pues, I started working. And I started working at an English school, um, which was a very terrible experience. I mean, three years of my life dedicating to this project al final pues era como exploitation and they were making fraud off students, este, just a very toxic and really bad environment that I had to just like aguantar for three years because I had no support network. So I think now I really think back about the importance of support networks and redes, tanto familiares, comunitarias, amistades, como... That is crucial to the experience of someone and that can definitely change it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had several other like jobs, como en Domino's Pizza, interpreting, um, trabajar en tienditas. I even worked with a politician who was running for like... I don't remember what, como algo de congresista, como una congresista here, but like diputado or something like that. So like all those experiences, that I mean they've made me who I am. And like, maybe it wasn't okay to go through them at that age or even by myself. But at the end of the day, como digo, pues,
0: you shouldn't have to go through them.
1: Exactly, but with now, it's who I am.
0: 100%, I feel you on that. Mexico, for me, was a life-changing, coming back to Mexico was a life-changing experience. I had seen myself in the U.S., going to college, being a nurse, buying a car, a house, like, just a very straight, narrow line, no? And that is okay. But coming back to Mexico, I saw a whole other world. Even though there was this depression and there was this como dices, you no, know, like these things that we were going through that we don't need to have to go through, and this is why we raise our voice, you no, know, because we want community members to not have to go back through what we went to, 10, 12 years ago, you no, know? we had to go through them. In my case, it was like once again denied education. You no, know? I was able to access education because my dad started working in el Palacio Municipal, and there was this um, política that wrote a letter and. Like that, I was accepted into school the next day with uniform. But I experienced for the first time going to una prepa mexicana. Me tocó el grupo F en la noche, so night. I would go to afternoon night school. I would come out sometimes oh. from classes at nine. Um, I experimented for this first time, like uh, going to the park, buying mielote. <laughs> like I, I felt this freedom that I didn't know I had. I had not felt Mm -hmm. in the u.s until the end of course when i felt like i understood i was undocumented but i grew up here as well like i finished becoming a teenager and now an adult in mexico no and that has forever changed my life Mm -hmm. and it showed me the realities but it also showed me to understand like what i would see in the news and then what what i would see here no and even like Being a chapaneca and being like from the south, you would hear Veracruz, Oaxaca, Chiapas, de los estados más pobres de México. During that time, I would hear it a lot. And when I would be in these places, a pesar de la esta violencia y eso, people were happy to a certain extent of their way of life. Mm -hmm. And that made me even question how I lived life in, in Estados Unidos. I recognized that I lived a very materialistic. And I recognized that a lot of my happiness came from things and... When you, we came back here, we literally had to move to like a floor que era de tierra, que todavía había palos que estaban sosteniendo el techo because they had just um, put the colado on. And we like, we went from having this cedar glass, dining table, to have a, a garden table that my tía was throwing out, to have a couple of like beach chairs that a neighbor was throwing out as our dining space, no? And to only que cada quien tenía su cuarto, to having two beds for a family of six, no? And it united us as a family. It, it also created a lot of other interactions as a family that at this moment we are still living family separation. But, I don't know, those years, now looking back at them, it's like,
1: we made it, Maggie. For each person, it's a different experience depending on your family, like, where you arrive, how old you are, um, if you have kids or not, yeah. um, como creo que, it, it's very diverse, no? Toda experiencia, in our case, I think we had to do what we had to do to just... Survive? Survive, and and, and, and now, I mean, things have changed a lot, definitely, desde entonces, and... And everything we've learned and everything, we, we obviously see things very different. Pero, pero creo que just being in that moment again, pues sí fue como difícil, ¿no? I think that a lot of the things that I regretted pues, was was just coming here. Like, I wanted to go back, ¿no? Como, yeah. like, why am I here in a house? Like, the first night, like, como me tocó dormirme en el piso yo sola in a huge house. And I was like, I'm 18, I'm in an empty house. Like, what happens if I die and nobody knows? Or, like, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking all these things, no? And then my mom would call and I'd be like, oh, hi, I'm perfect. Como te estoy bien, like, I'm enjoying it. Una, because obviously, mi orgullo, no? That I came back, so I wasn't like gonna confess that I was crying, wanting to go back. Pero pues al final, it happened, and definitely the first four years, um, five years, were very complicated like i didn't i mean it was just like not doing anything just surviving literal, but we did it as you said and i think if i could do things differently people have asked me this question yeah. a lot like como would you have returned or what or como te hubieras quedado en estados unidos and it's like i wouldn't recommend it to any 18 <laughs> year old to like leave the country in come to another one by themselves. I don't know. I don't think, like, question a lot why my parents, like, allowed it. Como me dejaron come to Mexico. Like, why didn't they stop me? Como... And then it's like... Maybe that's the first thing. Como, don't do it. If you're eight. Like, if you're a listener and you're 18 years old, please don't leave the country by yourself. Um, And two, um, don't do it if you don't have any support networks. Like, you need to know people... You need to to have at least someone you can trust como that you feel comfortable with. Como. Support networks make the difference. Like, I think if I've had support networks, I wouldn't have ended in that job. I would have gotten into school maybe quicker. Después, si entré a la universidad, y la universidad cerró. Like, because I didn't know anything about, like, the universities pre-publicas or, like, how to... I don't know. I just feel like support networks is... Essential. Yeah. Would you have done something different? Yeah.
0: I, I really don't, um, that's something interesting. I really don't reminisce on the what if, like what if I would have stayed or not. My mom then later told me que Mama Johnny, who was my babysitter um, when I was a little girl, and I call her Mama Johnny because I, I, I love her as a mama, um, que le dijo mi mamá que me dejara con ella, and that she would care for me. Que, que podría terminar aquí estudiar, and si pasaba eh, algún programa que no pasó el Dream Act, ¿no? Y DACA. Um, she, she's like, pues aquí va a estar, ¿no? So I've never really reminisced in, like what would have happened if I would have stayed, but I do for any listeners as well that are that have families or that are thinking of coming back, have a plan A, a plan B mm-hmm. and a plan C. I think that would be one of my biggest, biggest recommendations. And as well, como too, I'll, I'll, back in the day, people, we, did, we weren't even recognized as returnees and deportees in this country. We were recognized as just a un mexicano mexicana regresando a Mexico. Mm-hmm. But without understanding that we were people that had been out of our country for 10, 20, 30 years mm-hmm. that were raised in other countries, Mexico didn't recognize that, and neither, neither did la sociedad, ¿no? Mm-hmm. Ya estamos viviendo otros diferentes contextos, y, y nuestro, mucho de nuestro, nuestro labor es, es darle una voz a la comunidad, ¿no? Ser una plataforma para las voces de la comunidad. Pero ahora pueden acercarse, a ¿no? Organizaciones que conocen la comunidad a nosotras, if you guys have any questions, ¿no? Um, I was telling Maggie, like, my parents even brought, like, a carrier AC. Like, that's something we shouldn't have brought because even the houses don't have, like, the equipment or the energy needed to be able to sustain it. Um, I would have, like, not brought my clothes. I would have brought all my books, for sure. That's my, <laughs> one of my biggest regrets, other than my kitty. Um, like, these are thingies that, once being back on the side of the border, we realize, like, oh, well, here you can buy una lavadora. Yes, it is expensive. Pero quizás si nos hubiéramos vendido la lavadora ya con mm-hmm. los dólares, Mm-hmm. Comprar acá, ¿no? and i think one of the biggest things is to make sure your money is here mm-hmm. and it, or to be able to find a safer place where your parents in my case mm-hmm. to put all their hard work um into a bank account or into a spot where they would have been assured that when they came back they would have found it because i don't know how they felt mm-hmm. no after 10 12 leaving your country, not being able to be here when your mom died, not being to be able to be here by enterrarla, like missing so many years of being in your country, to come and discover que todos esos años de trabajo simplemente se habían esparcido en el aire o alguien más se los había comido. That's one of my biggest, I think, regrets in general for my family. Um, that we have and uh, and I think just being more vocal of las, eh, como se dice, the the unjust. Thingies that were going on, como like being more vocal and not sentir pena de levantar tu voz en Mexico, como cuando llegamos. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom tenía pena como de quizás hablar con el director más, ¿no? And now it's like, no, we get in your face, and there's this law that says you cannot deny education to like, anybody in this country, ¿no? Because there are laws like this. Um, or, like, you have to accept my child into school because there is this thingy para esto, ¿no? So I think just being more more aware of your own rights in this country as well, Um, and I think I would have liked to journal Mm -hmm. more because I also have a lot of blurred things. Pero como te digo, there was a lot of bad things, but there was a lot of good things. I I also was an English teacher during high school Mm -hmm. and donde iba la sierra, and I met other communities and stuff. And these are the things that that balanced out. I think a lot of the negative stuff that were going on. And as an older child, as an older child that came back as a teenager, I think personally, I would have liked to have been more vocal of my feelings. Because I felt that like pressure and responsibility that I needed to put on a strong face for my siblings and for my parents. And I think for many years, I held back a lot of things that then turned into other stuff, no? And now... As a 21-year-old, 20, 20, so <laughs> I wish, 26 years old, uh, I finally am going to therapy. But I think as a teenager coming back, I would say if you are a teenager that has come back, it's okay what you're feeling. And it is okay mm-hmm. to feel rabia and to feel anger. And you need to find a way to be able to let it out. Because you cannot keep it bottled up.
1: Yeah, which I, I mean... Yeah, like, everybody goes through a different process, ¿no? And and even now, like, you mentioned, like, como ya se habla más de retornados, and deportados, mm-hmm. but even, pues like, que más fácil. <laughs> yeah, pero even that, like, in a lot of, like, we hear it a lot here in Mexico City, because that's, we're in the movement, and yeah. we'll tap into a little bit more in, in the next episode about activism in the community, but if you go to a lot, most places in Mexico, todavía no se habla tanto de retornados, deportados, or even we were talking with some compas in um, Chiapas, que uh, shout out to la Galeria Muy, yeah. um, where many of them were sharing, no, que, que también son, maybe they also went to the US, but they don't talk about it, como luego dicen, ah, sí, a mi hijo, a fulanito también lo deportaron, but mm-hmm. it's just like something that happened, but even people like themselves don't don't talk about it. Como if anybody is hearing this this podcast or lo comparte con alguien que has returned to Mexico, que fue deportado, deportada. Como pues sí, como it's it's okay to try to look for other people that have gone through experiences similares. Um, people you know you can talk to and maybe you'll connect on some things. But it's not easy to find each other. And I think no. that that's why we're creating Pocha Zawad And there are other organizations como Oda y otras plataformas que are trying and have been doing this work. Um, but I think it's really important for people to know that they're not alone. And we want to share a little bit more about that in the next episode. So a lot of feelings this episode mm. as well. One of the biggest feelings um, shared in our community was this loneliness, the feeling that you're not the, that you're the only one. What if we were to tell you that you're not the only one, que incluso somos muchas, muchos, we're like thousands at this point, like a million. Millions. But even in other countries, no como mm-hmm. deportation and people, families leaving the United States to guatemala to el salvador to honduras to the philippines to haiti uh republica dominica like there's so many other countries and so many people that are going through this and i think that we want to continue to connect with people not only in mexico but also in other places even though we talk a lot about mexico and u.s because that's our experience Mm -hmm. we want to ask our audience and our listeners como have you ever questioned anything of this como have you gone through this? Como, how are you coping with it? What does it mean to come back to, to the country where you were born? Um, join us in the next episode as Las Pochas share their experience of discovering our community. So, Maggie, remind us
0: dónde nos pueden escribir and follow.
1: Yes, we really want to hear from everybody. Let us know what you've been thinking about these episodes. Have you liked them? Have you not? Is there anything you want to add to the conversations? Mm. Um, we're on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, como Pucha so What. You can also check out our website, pochasowhat.com. Um, and yeah, we really want to connect with everybody. And um, if you want to be part of these conversations, también hit us up. We don't want to just talk about our experience, but also share the experiences of other people que, que son muy diferentes, ¿no? And yeah, follow us and stay tuned for the next combo. Yeah, stay tuned.
0: Bye. Bye.